Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Farida Javala Romero in Fermina Kim. Drivers in California are paying an average of $5.90 for a gallon of regular gas, more than $1.50 above the national average, according to AAA. Gas prices rose nationwide following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But while they've leveled off in other states, California's are still rising. To lessen the impact, Governor Gavin Newsom proposed a gas rebate last week that would provide $400 or more to California car owners. We'll talk about the rebate and other proposed legislative fixes and explore why gas in California is so expensive. Join us after this news. This is Forum. I'm Farida Javala Romero in Fermina Kim. High gas prices are grabbing headlines in California and striking hard at drivers' wallets. Prices for regular gas statewide are approaching and in some counties surpassing $6 a gallon, according to AAA. This hour will unpack what's contributing to high prices at the pump and how the governor and some state lawmakers want to lessen the impact on drivers. Joining me is Severin Borenstein, professor at UC Berkeley's Haas School of Business and a faculty director of the Energy Institute at Haas. He's also a member of the Board of Governors of the California Independent System Operator, a nonprofit that oversees the operation of the state's electric power system. Professor Bornstein, welcome to Forum. Happy to be with you. So um, how unprecedented are these gas prices in California? Have we ever paid this much, about $6 on average per gallon in the state? Well, when you adjust for inflation, they are still quite high, um, not quite as high as they were in 2007 and 2008, but uh, these are near record levels now. Um, uh, most of the time we since then, we have seen prices substantially lower. And of course, during the pandemic, we saw extremely low prices uh, because there wasn't much demand for oil or gasoline and the prices really crashed. I think a lot of people are seeing that comparison, and this is real sticker shock because prices have gone up so much. And I don't think we've seen the sort of sudden increase over the course of six months or so uh, in, that we have seen in the last six months. Mm-hmm. And so we've heard a lot that you know gas prices have skyrocketed because of Russia's invasion of, of Ukraine more than a month ago. How much does that really have to do with higher gas prices here in California? Well, that has a huge impact. Uh, the price of oil, and even before the la- the actual invasion, price of oil was going up in response to the risk of that actual invasion. Uh, and uh, the when the price of oil goes up one dollar per barrel, the price of gasoline goes up two and a half cents a gallon, and that's a pretty stable relationship. It takes a couple of weeks for it to show up, and when the price of ga- oil goes down a dollar per barrel gasoline follows by two and a half cents a gallon, though that takes longer. It takes generally four weeks or longer for it to fully show up at the pump. 
But the increase we've seen just over the last few months, uh, somewhere between $40 and $50 a barrel, translates uh, to somewhere between a dollar and a dollar and a half a gallon. Hmm. So, uh, but I mean, most of the crude oil that California imports comes from Ecuador and Saudi Arabia and other countries that are not Russia or Ukraine. Um, And meanwhile, the price of crude oil has gone down and gas prices have leveled off in other states. But here in California, they're still rising, it seems. Why is that? Well, first of all, uh, the market for crude oil is a world oil market. So whether you buy your oil from Oklahoma or Russia or Saudi Arabia doesn't matter much at all. Mm -hmm. Um, The price of oil is set by supply and demand in the world market. And when crude oil uh, producers say, look, don't blame us, uh, we're charging the market price, they're right. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it doesn't, also doesn't matter that Russia's oil has, is the shortage of supply. That drives up the price for all oil, uh, including oil produced in California. Uh, so that component is really driven uh, by the world oil market. Mm-hmm. California prices have gone up and have continued to go up, although they've pretty much leveled off in the last few days, according to the AAA numbers. Uh, but they have not started to go down yet. And the rest of the country has gone down a bit. We generally do see this lag when the price of crude oil goes down, uh, the price of gasoline follows, but it takes a while and it takes a bit longer in California than it does in other parts of the country. We're talking about why California's gas prices are so uniquely high with Severin Bornstein, a professor at UC Berkeley's Haas School of Business and a faculty director of the Energy Institute at Haas. And for you, our listeners, how have gas prices impacted you, your business, or your family? And what is your reaction to what you're hearing here on the on the show. Call now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. And Professor Bornstein, um, Californians have historically paid more for gas than anywhere else in the country, and that has been a main topic of your of your research. Um, what are other key things, uh, you know, aside from the uh, price of crude oil that contribute to our higher gas prices here in California? Yeah, Californians do pay more for gasoline. Uh, a big part of that is the higher taxes and environmental fees we pay, the cap and trade program, low carbon fuel standard. These are all environmental programs. We use a cleaner burning gasoline than the rest of the country, and that adds about 10 cents a gallon. And we have higher excise and sales taxes on gasoline. Uh, When you put all that together, uh, right now, that accounts for a differential with the rest of the country of about 91 cents a gallon. Hmm. Uh, However, as of this morning, California's gas prices are about $1.85 above the rest of the country. That is the national average after you take out California from that national average. So we have this differential. That differential, I have for the last seven years been calling the mystery gasoline surcharge. Uh, it generally has not been anywhere near as high as it is right now. But after a refinery fire in 2015, 
it appeared and it has never disappeared. Prior to 2015, our prices were higher than the rest of the country, but it was by the amount you'd expect given our higher taxes and fees. Um, and since 2015, there's been this extra amount in there. It averaged 30 cents a gallon in 2021. And just to give you some perspective, 30 cents a gallon in California over the course of a year is $4 billion extra we have paid for gasoline. Per year? For the entire year of 2021. Right now, that differential is even bigger. Uh, interestingly, the differential right now is actually, uh, you, can, you can tie it back to the higher refinery prices for gasoline in California, which is typically not where the differential shows up. Usually, we're about 10 cents above the rest of the country in those bulk purchase prices. Uh, right now, uh, we're about 70 cents above the rest of the country. And a few days ago, we were 90 cents mm -hmm. above the rest of the country. Usually, the differential is further downstream, somewhere in the marketing and uh, deliveries to retailers and in the retail markup. That's where this long-term mystery gasoline surcharge is. And that doesn't get as much attention as these spikes, but it's actually costing Californians and has cost Californians a lot more over the last seven years. Wow. So, so you said $4 billion per year? More in 2021, in total since 2015, it's been over $30 billion that we've paid that is you can't account for just through our higher taxes and fees. Wow. So that's money coming directly out of our pockets if, if we drive in the state, that's as right. many people do. Um, so the California Energy Commission that was, I understand, was set up by Governor Gavin Newsom investigated why prices are higher in California as well. What did they conclude? Well, I was actually chair of oh. <laughs> the California Energy Commission's Petroleum Market Advisory Committee. Uh -huh. And what we concluded was that there is this differential and the state really, but we didn't have any resources, any, we had half of a staff member and we had no power to compel the oil companies to talk to us. Uh, so in 2017, we wrote a report saying, you know, there's this problem, but this committee isn't going to get to the bottom of it because we don't. It's a volunteer committee with uh, no support, but we should really do something more serious. CEC wrote a report from staff in 2019 that said pretty much the same thing. There's a differential. Uh, it's uh, it's somewhere in the retail distribution network but they didn't say anymore. The attorney general's office launched an investigation mm -hmm. and they actually ended up announcing a prosecution of two traders of gasoline. But that was, it, it turns out, pretty unrelated to this mystery gasoline surcharge. That, that was actually further upstream in the trading of bulk gasoline. Uh, it sounds like a valid case, but it's not really going to make any difference. And there hasn't been there hasn't been any sign it has reduced this extra amount we're paying. We have a caller, Rafael Inventura, a former gas station manager. Rafael, you're on the line. Welcome to Forum. Thank you. Thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity. And uh, like I expressed myself a minute ago, I'm highly concerned for, for uh, the people in the state uh, of, of California paying these high prices, I believe. There is a corruption in, in this system, and uh, I don't have proof to to, to, uh, to do uh, to uh, bring it with documents or whatever. But 
big corporations, you know, found found the found sometimes found our city people, that, you know, state governors or whatever, the ones in charge, and, and they manipulate the prices uh, left and right. So they put in they put in so much so much millions into their pockets, you know, and and forcing us to to pay these high prices uh, of gasoline, you know, the fuel. Uh, this industry since it's so powerful and you have no choice. The first item you need you need to, to uh, require to maintain your living. You know, uh, if you don't have any money, uh, the, the, this item of, of fuel is priority before even you purchase your your food. Uh-huh. You know, your, your gas is, is number one, and then it's your food. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, they, they they know what they're doing. And and, um, uh, and Rafael, just really quickly in thirty seconds, how is your how are you dealing with these higher gas prices in your family? It, it, it's really really a tough situation right now because, like I said, I, I used to work for a corporation and, and the corporation got sold got sold out a couple of years ago. You know, I've been out of, out of work for almost a year and a half, and 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 the, the corporation become a monopoly. Uh, there is three three big corporations that merged together a couple of years ago, and they sold it to Seven Eleven. So mm. it, it became almost a monopoly. So they manipulate the business. Rafael, thank you so much for your call. We have to go to a break. I'm Farida Javala Romero. This is Forum. We'll be back after this break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. You're listening to Forum. I'm Farida Javala Romero, and for Mina Kim, we're talking about why California's gas prices are so uniquely high. With Professor Severin Borenstein, um, he's at UC Berkeley's Haas School of Business, and he's a faculty director of the Energy Institute at Haas. Professor Borenstein, what do you think about what Rafael was saying? He um, said he suspected um, there's, uh, you know, some manipulation of prices going on by all companies. Um, what do we know about about that? Um, well, charge? we don't know enough. <laughs> um, the we we there have been mergers of the refiners in California over the last decade that have given us a more concentrated market. Uh, Two of the companies together produce almost half of our gasoline. And that's a real concern. And what are Um, those companies? uh, One is Chevron and the other, I'm not sure what their 
name is these days. Um, it was partially Tesoro, but they merged with somebody and I'm blanking on the name of the new company. Um, and but but the you know the concern is that by having fewer companies, they will be able to reduce the level of competition. And we've seen this even before then in California that California tends to have a less competitive, retail market mm -hmm. for gasoline. We have fewer unbranded stations, uh, the Costco's and the Safeways and in the Bay Area, the Rotten Robbie, you know, these stations that don't pay for a lot of advertising. But in the rest of the country, they're a real force for keeping prices down, including uh, the prices of the major brands when they face competition. Hmm. But it appears in California, the drivers just are less willing to go drive the extra few blocks to go to the off-brand stations. And therefore, we see less pressure on the branded and we see bigger price differentials between the off-brand and the branded. Where I live in Orinda, there's an off-brand station that charges 60 cents a gallon, less than the Chevron and Shell. And yet, lots of people still go to the Chevron and Shell that's three or four blocks away. Hmm. So, I mean, if, that's the, if people don't go to those off-brand stations, um, they first of all, they don't save that money. And second of all, they don't put pressure on the branded stations to lower their prices. We have a comment from Rich who writes, gas prices are just like rental prices. They're whatever the market will bear. Why would anyone think anything different? Hmm. So well, this I, is a totally unregulated market that we're talking about, Professor Bornstein? It is. The prices are unregulated. The regulation we count on is competition. And just like in the rental market, uh, where we don't think there's one landlord who's driving up the rents, we think that we just don't have enough housing and prices go up. Uh, that may be what's going on in the gasoline market, but it's also possible that because of the concentration, uh, we have some players who are big enough to drive up the price of gasoline. And that's why we need a real investigation to be able to figure out, is this just supply and demand? And if so, what happened in 2015 that changed supply and demand so that we got this mystery gasoline surcharge? And uh, if it is uh, not, if it isn't just supply and demand, what's the problem? Is it mm -hmm. some sort of collusion or exercise of market power, or maybe it's a regulation or something that kicked in that's driving up costs? But we really need to find that out. We're spending billions of dollars extra for gasoline, and we ought to find out why. We're talking about why California's gas prices are much higher than the rest of the country with Professor Severin Bornstein at UC Berkeley's Haas School of Business. We have a caller, uh, Stephen from Ventura. Stephen, you're on the line. Welcome to the show. Yes. Yes, Professor. I believe you answered my question in regards to uh, the, the herd surcharge where it's affecting uh, the common consumer in terms of their ability to um, use their purchasing power to go to other brands or other off-brand stations in terms of uh, saving monies. But in my locality, I've seen it as I have not seen a new gas station built in quite a few years in my town. Um, is there a hidden cost of the surcharge to the broader economy in terms of uh, what that surcharge is creating an inflationary factor for the rest of the economy in California. I have to take my phone, uh, my answer offline. Over. Yeah, th thanks for that, Stephen. It, 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 there is. Uh, when Californians have to spend more on 
gasoline, that means that they have less to spend on other items. And certainly it causes uh, the real pain on people at the lower end of the income distribution. You know, while gasoline prices are high, um, but for a lot of people who in California who have done really well through the pandemic, uh, it's not a real pinch for them. And I'm one of those people. I've done, you know, I had a paycheck through the whole pandemic uh, and it's not really changing and I don't drive that much. For other people, particularly low-income people, uh, this is adding on top of the skyrocketing rents, um, on top of increasing utility bills, electric and natural gas bills that have been going up. And the combination of these, I think, is really causing an extreme affordability crisis for people who did not do well through the pandemic and are now getting hit once again. That's something that we'll dis- that I definitely want to ask you about and discuss later in the show. Um, we have some listeners who are writing, uh, like Henry. He says, as long as I can remember, gas prices in Marin County have been lower than in San Francisco or San Mateo counties. As of late, the difference was as much as 60 cents a gallon from the Arco station in Mill Valley to a similar station in San Mateo. I'm wondering why. And that's, you know, we see this difference of prices between L.A., for example, where the average price of of gas per gallon is more than $6, even though they have so many refiners nearby and are producing so much of our gas uh, statewide, um, compared to, say, Inyo County or Tehama County. Why why are those differences happening? Well, you don't even have to go county to county. Um, Where I live, the Chevron charges about 60 cents a gallon more than the Chevron a 10-minute drive away in Berkeley. Uh, And so that is a result of the price, the way that the refiners price to those stations, what's called zone pricing. So they charge different prices in different locations. And I mean, the, that in itself is not illegal. They, they basically see different markets and they charge different prices to them. There is a concern though, and that I think is potentially part of this mystery gasoline surcharge that, we, that they, are, they have enough pricing power that they're able to use that zone pricing to really jack up prices in places where they have less competition. Hmm. Uh, and I think that that's one of the things we need to further investigate. Uh, as a result, we do see these big price differentials. And as I said, you don't have to go county to county. You can go down the block in many cases. And I think one thing consumers can do is go down the block, go to those off-brand stations. One of the reasons we don't have more off-brand stations is because they consumers don't flock to them even when they have really big price differentials. And that's less true in the rest of the country. Hmm. When I looked at the data a couple of years ago, yeah. the average difference between branded and unbranded stations in the rest of the country was about seven cents a gallon. And in California, it was about 23 cents a gallon. Hmm, that's we making really me want to find the unbranded gas stations near yeah. where I live. <laughs> Try it out. Um, so, uh, Professor Borstein, you mentioned the mystery surcharge um, a- a- again. Um, so there was a recent Wall Street Journal piece um, that says that there's actually no mystery surcharge, that uh, the cost, of, the additional cost that we're paying here in California is explained by higher taxes and the kind of gas that, you know, these um, companies have to sell in the state. How do you respond to that? 
Well, that was an interesting piece in the Wall Street Journal. It it actually made these claims, but never backed them up with numbers. They said, you know, we have higher taxes, which we do, and we have some environmental fees. And they took their numbers from those from the oil companies, which I don't quite agree with, but they're close. Um, but what they never do is actually add those up and compare them to the price differential. And when you do that, there's this extra amount, which they don't talk about at all. They just sort of wave their hands and say, oh, it's all due to liberal policies. Um, and maybe it is, but it wasn't there before 2015. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, has, it isn't explained by just higher taxes, environmental fees, and the cost of our cleaner burning gasoline. And these are pretty indisputable numbers. We know how much we pay in taxes and how much other people do. Right. And the rest, we know how much cap and trade program costs. We know how much low carbon fuel standard, and we pretty much agree on how much extra it costs to make our cleaner burning gasoline. So that's really not an explanation. That was a really, uh, I think, disingenuous piece that was just designed to say, well, it's just all California's progressive politics. I, I'm not saying that's wrong, but that there was no evidence of it in that article. Hmm. Well, we're talking about why California's gas prices are so high here in California compared to the rest of the state. Um, we have a caller, Matt, from Castro Valley. Matt, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Um, we've been driving electric in my household, and we live in a, in a uh, lower-income neighborhood with uh, a very cheap gas station that's off-brand. Um, but uh, even with that, I mean, gas prices, uh, even many years ago, um, really didn't add up for us. You know, we were looking at, at uh, cheap and used electric cars even back then and did the math on, on total cost of ownership over the life of a vehicle. And uh, <clears throat> lower-end electric cars pay for themselves very quickly uh, with high gas prices and maintenance and oil changes and all that kind of thing. And uh, you know, the $30 billion number was really pretty shocking. And, uh, you know, I wonder, you know, where, where state policy could go using mm -hmm. those kinds of numbers on, uh, on, and helping lower income folks buy electric cars and, uh, you know, and put in also active transportation infrastructure to give people viable alternatives to, to, you know, having to spend, uh, you know, a huge chunk of their paycheck on, on fuel. I mean, people are paying 60% of their income for rent in a lot of places already. Professor Bornstein, would you like to um, comment on that? We do um, have a new proposal by Governor Gavin Newsom that would give a uh, a gas rebate to people. It's sort of like a it seems like a short term relief for these gas prices, but there's not so much talk of investment on electric vehicles. And of course, we know those cars are really expensive right now, and um, you know they're they're hard to get. Yeah, um, electric vehicles are definitely part of the solution. Uh, and actually, the governor's proposal does have a component to help uh, people buy electric vehicles. Uh, that's not something that's going to kick in in the next six months or a year. That's mm -hmm. going to take a long time. And you're right. There's a real shortage of electric vehicles right now and actually conventional vehicles because of the chip shortage. Um, one of the problems with electric vehicles in California is we are undermining the incentive to buy them. They do have a cost advantage on fueling, but not as big as they should because our electric prices are way too high. Right, and that's right. because we've added all sorts of other things into electricity prices that uh, are not uh, actual costs of delivering electricity. So we need to get electricity prices under control. That will help incentivize electric vehicles. 
But uh, I, that is definitely one of the solutions. Active transportation, biking and walking and so forth. Encouraging that, I think, is a great idea. It doesn't work for everybody, mm -hmm. but um, it's another way to deal with it. But at the same time, I think we got to recognize many people are going to be stuck using gasoline for a long time to come. And I think we need to make sure that that gasoline is priced in an appropriate way. We have a couple of comments from listeners. Um, Sandra writes, I would like to hear how the price of gas in the USA compares to the price of gas in other countries. We need to stop whining about the small price for cleaner air. Now, that's an interesting point, right? Because some of the... Um, Uh, taxes that we're talking about and the kind of gas that, um, you know, uh, is allowed in California is so we have uh, less polluted air. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But and that doesn't add much at all. I mean, that's oh. adding about 10 cents a gallon to our price of gasoline. Um, the, re the many parts of the rest of the world pay drastically higher prices. All of Europe has much higher gas taxes. Uh, and as a result, prices are the equivalent of eight or nine dollars a gallon in much of Europe or higher. Uh, so and of course, they drive smaller cars as a result, and they uh, use their cars uh, probably more thoughtfully uh, than we do. Um, so I think that uh, we, we probably politically aren't going to go there and it would have a real impact on low income households. And so we would have to make sure that they have some offsetting Uh, income to cover that. And we also have um, Bill who writes, the way for Californians to bring down the price of gas is to shop around. This goes to your point, Professor, uh, your earlier point. Look for the station that charges a nickel less and buy from there. And that, yeah. you know, that's the um, going to the individual power to sort of affect this enormous market that we're all beholden to. Um, another listener writes, can you ask the host if there's any difference between the quality of the gasoline between the brand and non-brand stations? So and, uh, yeah. this is often a question I often get. I'm not an engineer, but I've asked many who are. Um, the gasoline you buy at the off-brand station is pure gasoline, with uh, just as what you get at the regular stations, with the detergents that clean your engine. The difference is the the claim difference by the major brands is that they have additional additives. And when I've talked to people at the those major brands, they've said those additives help keep your car running smoothly for decades. And it may be true, but when I have pushed for studies that actually do carefully controlled comparisons, they don't seem to have them. So um, I, I'm not saying that it, your car won't be better off a decade from now if you use the major brands, but uh, I, all we know is that there's advertising that claims it. We don't actually know the studies that have done the serious comparisons. We have a callers on the line, Mateo from San Jose. Uh, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Oh, pretty good. I, I wanted to tell the gentleman that um, what he is neglecting to say is that there are a lot of people that work from the Central Valley come in right. to San Jose. We need trucks. We have uh, equipment that takes gasoline. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of the work. Building the roads, build the houses. We don't have high tech jobs. We don't have jobs where we make all this money, and we have to pay all of these taxes. So the people that suffer the most, and we have seventy three cents a gallon in tax in California. 
we do the work. We come from Central Valley, Los Banos, uh, Merced, Turlock, uh, Modesto, and we drive in. We pay because we have to. We don't have a light trucks that will haul a load, haul concrete, that electric. If you run out of electricity, you're stranded in the road. You can't deliver sheetrock or whatever it is. Yeah. And you neglect to, to, to address the fact that these people – Myself and my brothers and sisters who work in construction, white, black, brown, you know, whatever. doesn't matter, white. We are the ones who do the work, and you never address what we go through. You assume everyone has a high-technology job and earns 200000 a year. No, that's, I mean, that's a really, that's a great point. I mean, some people have to drive, right, and um, and buy this, the the gas at whatever price it's at. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for your call, Mateo. Adam in San Diego, uh, you're on the you're on the line. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I'm just wondering if anybody's been tracking the oil company's profit margins before COVID, during COVID, and now with this massive spike in prices. If the profit margin has remained constant, that's one thing. But if it's gone up significantly as the prices have. That would be something to look at. Now, I'll listen on the air for the answer. Thank you. Professor Bornstein, we have about 40 seconds before our break, but you were mentioning we don't have a lot of information from oil companies exactly. No, we don't. We don't have a lot of information. Um, and I think that that's what we really need to collect. Uh, it's clear they make more money when the price of oil goes up. If they're oil producers, you have to separate that from the um, refiners. Um, but the oil producers are making tons of money right now. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. That's how markets work when right. the price goes up. But uh, I think we do need to look into whether they are able to further raise prices because of this concentration and the way they manage the market. I'm Farida Javala Romero. This is Forum. We'll be back after this break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. This is Forum. I'm Farida Javala Romero in Formina Kim. We're talking about why Californians have to pay so much for gas compared to the rest of the country. Joining me now is Kara Green, Manager of Strategic Communications at the Western States Petroleum Association. Um, that's a petroleum trade group. Kara, you were listening to the show. Thanks <laughs> and welcome. Um, so we've been hearing from, uh, you know, callers and also Professor um, Borenstein. I mean, 
there is a lot of pain um, having to do with these higher gas prices at the pump. Your association represents companies that do the bulk of petroleum production, refining, transportation, and marketing in California and other states, including Chevron, Exxon, Phillips 66, Valero. What is your take on why these prices are so high these days in California? Yeah, first let me say I agree. No one wants high gas prices. Um, we agree with Professor Bornstein that there's many factors that influence the movement and the cost of gasoline at the pump, and that that primary driver is the global dynamics of supply and demand. And that's what we're feeling right now in California. Um, and as, as Dr. Uh, Professor Bornstein said, it's not just fuel. Energy prices are high in California across the board for everyday Californians. So, but I mean, it, it, your the companies that you represent are benefiting from those higher prices, right? Um, and so, you know, there have been uh, in recent days um, some proposals by state lawmakers and even federal lawmakers, um, like uh, Senator Alex Padilla, um, that introduced a bill that would tax large oil companies and redistribute that money to consumers as a rebate. We also have a new proposal by Democratic lawmakers in California that would do that as well um, when the cost of gallon per gas is, quote, abnormally high compared to the cost of crude oil um, and send that tax revenue back to California uh, to Californians. Um, what are your, you know, what's your response uh, to these legislative proposals that we're now seeing as a result of, you know, people's um, pain uh, having to pay that much money for gas, especially, you know, like we heard from callers, folks who, who workers who need to, to drive. I think what it really means is that our elected officials are finally paying attention that consumers are, are paying a lot at the pump and it, it hurts them. It disproportionately affects you know, the lower income you have, the more you're paying in taxes and fees. And I want to dive into, you know, we've just kind of cursory talked over what those taxes and fees are. But right now, Californians should know that the first dollar and 30 cents uh, that they pay per gallon goes to taxes and fees. And those fees are for, like a caller mentioned, emission-reducing programs. We have some of the best fuel blends in the world, and we're incredibly proud of that. But to, to pay for the programs that we have, that's a dollar and 30 cents off of every gallon. So that's that's a really important um, you know issue because um, Professor Bornstein uh, you know was mentioning that um, the higher prices we pay in California, um, the, the taxes and regulations in the state don't account for that you know difference completely. Um, what's your sense on this uh, you know and on that whole idea of a mystery uh, surcharge? Well, he was he did lead up the Petroleum Market Advisory Committee that was appointed by the governor. You know, the governor's looked into it. The attorney general of the state has looked into it. And they just haven't found evidence of that. You know, what we do know is what we're paying specifically in state taxes, federal excise taxes, toward the cap and trade program, toward a duplicative program called the Low Carbon Fuel Standard Program. 
Then you have state and local taxes, which vary by municipality, and you guys talked about that a little bit. And then on top of that is the state underground storage fees. There's a lot that Californians are paying, and that's not just for fuel. You can look at um, you know, electricity. And those additional fees and taxes, those aren't coming from business. Those are coming from our lawmakers. Mm-hmm. Well, there are efforts by state lawmakers um, right now, including a bill by State Senator Ben Allen from Los Angeles that would require oil refiners to publicly disclose how much they're paying for crude oil and how much they're making from selling um, gasoline. Kara Green, what is your association's response to that particular bill that would require so much more transparency from oil refiners in the state? I, I saw that transparency is important, but we already have an organization that does that. It's called the California Energy Commission, and that's where the, that's where these numbers come from. By the way, it, it doesn't come from our organization. But are those the publicly available? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. number, how they, the profits. Sorry, it's not. It's not profits. It's what it's what consumers are paying. Right, but this bill would definitely get at how much. Um, in profits, right, the companies are making because it would force them to disclose the cost of crude oil and then how much they're selling um, gas for. The gas, how much yeah, they're I, I'm not, I'm not privy to that information. As a trade association, and, and thankfully so, I'm governed by antitrust regulations, which specifically tell us not to know the internal workings of um, oil companies and not to share it among other oil companies. So I, I, I would imagine that we would oppose that bill. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're looking at is this opportunity right now to talk about why consumers are paying more at the pump. Mm-hmm. You know, it really comes down to markets, and right now there's a ton of uncertainty, and hopefully our elected officials are going to come together and focus on what we can do now, not wait for another unforeseen crisis. Because as we move toward a more renewable, sustainable energy sources, and and California is leading the way in that, the reality is that we're going to need fuel. And what we need to be talking about is how do we keep that affordable for everyday Californians? Uh, Professor Severin Bornstein, what are your thoughts on uh, what Kara Green is saying? Well, I I do want to correct one thing. Kara said that the state looked into the mystery gasoline surcharge and didn't find that. Actually, the state did find that. Uh, The state didn't find a cause for it. Um, But uh, the fact that the prices differ from the rest of the country by more than our taxes and fees uh, is just a verifiable fact by looking at data. And the state found it and other people found it. And I happen to keep a regular log of it. Uh, so that's not really controversial. Uh, the question is why it's higher. And, uh, and you know, it, it's certainly true. We do have higher taxes and fees. That's not all of the differential. Those taxes do go to things, just to be clear. That's not money that goes down the drain. That's money that builds roads and infrastructure. The cap and trade program, uh, a quarter of that money goes to low-income communities, uh, to help them afford the, the energy transition. Some of it is going to high-speed rail. Some of it is going to other uh, uh, environmental programs and, and so forth. The low-carbon fuel standard is putting in a lot of money towards electric vehicles right now. So I think that it, it's right to recognize that those taxes and fees are higher, but it's not really correct to say 
to suggest that that money is just wasted. Uh, that money is actually going towards state programs. Hmm. Well, I'd like to welcome to the show the Reverend Shane Harris. He's president and founder of People's Association of Justice in San Diego. Reverend Harris, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a delight to uh, also hear some of the other discussion taking place around these uh egregious gas prices across our state. So, Reverend Harris, how have you been seeing these, um, you know, really high gas prices impact people who are uh, struggling to pay for them? And what has your organization been doing about it? Yes. Uh, well, the People's Association of Justice Advocates, the uh, my office and uh, nonprofit organization that I founded just a few years ago, uh, has been on the cutting edge of this issue, uh, specifically tasked with the efforts of uh, advocating and speaking up uh, for the voiceless of this issue, which I would highly consider to be uh, low-income and working-class people across our state. Anyone making under $75,000 a year um, is feeling the pain and the effects. And our organization is headquartered uh, in arguably one of the richest counties in the country, San Diego, California. Uh, where house price, housing is already uh, an, an egregious issue across our state, San Diego in particular. Uh, low-income folks are struggling from month to month to pay rent, uh, less long, take care of the gas weekly. Uh, and so we started uh, with an effort. Uh, I was the first uh, in the state to ask uh, the governor, who I know well, uh, to uh, declare a state of emergency. I asked him to declare a state of emergency for 90 days and suspend the gas tax during that period of time to work with the, until the legislature and him come down to a plan and a strategy because I felt that that could bring some level of relief. Now, I know that there was con some concerns about the gas tax and, you know, that essentially not going into the tanks of, of low-income work, hard, you know, working people. But if 30 cents and 40 cents, we start there, it can make a enormous difference uh, for low-income and working-class people. Uh, so that I, I asked first for the state of emergency. Once the governor got back to me and said that the him and the legislature really don't have a plan yet, they're trying to figure out a plan, mm -hmm. um, and that he would rather work in coordination with the legislature, I said, well, we've got to start um, an action-oriented, solution-oriented initiative. And I started Gas Me Up, uh, which has become an effort where we essentially – are taking over gas stations, independently owned stations, and doing free gas distributions wow. uh, for hundreds of San Diegans. We're talking about why California's gas prices are so uniquely high with Severin Borenstein, professor at UC Berkeley's Haas School of Business, with Kara Green. She's manager of strategic communications at the Western States Petroleum Association, and with Reverend Shane Harris, president and founder of the People's Association of Justice. You're listening to Forum. I'm Farida Javala Romero in Formina Kim. So, um, Reverend Shane, you were mentioning the uh, the free, um, it sounds like a food bank, but sort of for gas, right? I imagine there must have been tons of people uh, going to those events. It, it was. It's the first of its kind uh, in the state where an organization or agency is taking over a gas station where we are essentially paying, uh, we prepay the stalls. And we have volunteers out pumping gas as if it's a food distribution, mm -hmm. $50 a car. Uh, we're partnered with the San Diego Food Bank. A number of law firms have stepped up, uh, King Attorney King Amapur and Attorney uh, John Gomez here in San Diego, along with a number of uh, nonprofits and 
United Way of San Diego County, a number of others. And we essentially are doing what a food distribution would do with gas. Uh, and it has shown a great impact across the state. I've gotten calls from across the state asking if we could come to their cities, uh, if we could partner uh, with those different cities across the state. Uh, because right now, low-income and working-class people are hurting. We need to meet the moment now, not in July, not next month, but now. And I think that in this whole discussion about gas and the highest gas prices, we have not talked about the voiceless of society who are not being talked about on this issue. On the Assembly floor, on the Senate floor, uh, here in our state, and in the governor's mansion, there needs to be a discussion about how low-income and working-class people are most affected by this crisis. If middle-class and above are saying that gas prices are too high, then mm -hmm. we've got to recognize that low-income and working-class people are the hardest hit by this crisis. And I think that's why we started this emergency gas-me-up effort uh, that that we're, we're essentially looking to possibly bring to other cities because we see the need even greater. Where there's no public transit access, mm -hmm. where uh, you know people are struggling on a multitude of levels, we need to meet this moment as if it's an emergency, and it is. Kara Green with the Western States Petroleum Association. What are the companies you represent and your association doing to lessen the burden on lower income drivers, uh, the lower income drivers that Reverend Harris was was talking about? Are there any initiatives out there? <laughs> yeah. I absolutely agree uh, with the Reverend that low income and, and working class Californians are, are hit are hit hardest um, at the pumps. Um, it, it has to do with the types of jobs they have, you know, their income, uh, the, there's many factors. Um, they, they drive farther to work. You know, we just don't have the public infrastructure. Not everyone lives in downtown LA, um, in the San Francisco Bay Area. You know, they have to drive their cars and trucks to work. They have to take their children to school. Um, and it's an incredible burden on them. And as we've seen, the impact of fees for the climate program and taxes increase, not even necessarily yearly, but monthly, that's, in, that's incredibly tough for those families. And I do agree with him. And I agree that we need to meet the moment. Now is the time for elected officials to stop playing, you know, finger pointing, political theater, and come together and create plans for sustainable, long-term, affordable, reliable energy, not just at the pumps, but to keep heat and cool our homes. That's what is going to really matter to 39 million Americans, excuse me, Californians. Uh, we have a caller, um, Anthony from Angwin. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Hey, good, good to talk with you. Uh, yeah. I have a couple of things. One of them, I was talking with the person who answered the phone about, you know, talk about gas taxes and, and road maintenance. Uh, from where I drive, San Francisco, back up to St. Helena, Anglin, road conditions are, are pretty dismal. So the money for road maintenance, what, where does that go? But another important observation I thought of uh, while waiting online was that gas prices, the gas at a gas station has been pumped out of the ground, transported to a refinery, refined, distributed to gas stations, sitting in a holding tank to be pumped out, yet when there's a crisis, the gas prices go up overnight. How can that be? How can something that's already been taken out of the ground and brought to a service station for consumers to purchase and use, how can something in the other part of the world affect the gas price overnight here? Uh -huh. Something that's already been... The reserves, yeah. Processed. 
Yeah. So, Professor Bornstein, and thank you so much for your call. Professor Bornstein, would you like to um, reply to that briefly? Yeah, uh, th this is how businesses uh, behave in all areas. When the price of replacing their product goes up, uh, they view that. That means when they sell this, it's going to cost them more to bring in more. And so they raise the price. Uh, so it's anticipatory that the that you're the eventually it's going to cost them more to replace it and so it's worth more right now uh crude oil does this too as does any commodity uh it reflects the fact that there are anticipated changes in demand in the future uh so i i think that that that's in itself not a problem if it happens both up on the upside and the downside the real problem, I think, is that we don't see it on the downside nearly as much as on the upside. And I think that does reflect a uh, lack of competition among gas stations. That is in part that because people don't go to the cheap stations. So if you do go to the cheap stations, not only do you save money, but you put pressure on the more expensive stations to pass through that lower cost right away. Well, um, we will have to leave the conversation there. Unfortunately, Reverend Shane Harris, I'm so sorry. I wanted to speak to have, ask you a lot more questions, especially about uh, Governor Gavin Newsom's recently proposed $11 billion plan to send uh, gas rebates to Californians. But we've been talking about California's high gas prices with Severin Borenstein, professor at UC Berkeley's Haas School of Business and a faculty director of the Energy Institute at Haas, Kara Green, manager of strategic communications at the Western States Petroleum Association, and Reverend Shane Harris, president and founder of People's Association for Justice. Thank you all for joining us. I'm Farida Javala Romero, and for Mina Kim, this is Forum. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising-Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening 
because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Soul to Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Soul to Story are available now.